This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that believes there's no time like the present to learn about the past. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're looking at the work of Garrett Morgan, the self-proclaimed Black Edison who revolutionized the flow of traffic by adding a pause between stop and go. The day was November 20th, 1923. Prolific inventor and entrepreneur Garrett Morgan received the patent for a traffic light signal of his own design. Traffic signals had been around in some form since at least the 1860s, but Morgan's was the first to feature a middle position between stop and go. According to the patent, this new caution signal was meant to give vehicles in the middle of an intersection enough time to exit before other waiting drivers were given the signal to proceed. So, in other words, he invented the yellow light. Garrett Augustus Morgan was born on March 4, 1877, in Claysville, Kentucky. He was the seventh of 11 children born to formerly enslaved parents Sidney Morgan and Elizabeth Reed. In his youth, Garrett worked on the family farm with his siblings and attended a segregated school through the sixth grade. When he was just 14, he moved north to Cincinnati, Ohio, in search of work. He spent four years there working as a handyman, and in his free time he took lessons from a private tutor to help continue his education. Four years later, in 1895, Morgan moved to Cleveland, where he joined the city's booming garment industry. At the turn of the 20th century, one in seven Cleveland residents worked in the garment business. Morgan started out sweeping floors at a factory, but once he taught himself how to fix the frequently broken sewing machines, he quickly climbed the ladder and became the company's only black sewing machine repairman. It was in this new role that Morgan made his first invention of note, a new kind of belt fastener that made sewing machines more efficient. That innovation, along with a slew of other mechanical improvements, caught the attention of other manufacturers in the Cleveland area, putting Morgan in high demand. In 1907, he took an offer from a competitor and began working as that company's machinist. There, he met his future wife, a white seamstress named Mary Hassock. The company found out that the two were dating and gave them a choice, break off their relationship or leave. They chose to leave. Later that year, the couple got married and opened their own children's clothing store, with Mary sewing the clothes and Garrett servicing the machines. This proved to be the first of several businesses that Morgan would establish, including Morgan's Cut-Rate Ladies Clothing Store, the Morgan Skirt Factory, and the Morgan Hair Refining Company, where he sold a new hair straightener that he had invented. These ventures were so successful that Morgan was able to keep expanding into different markets. In 1920, he jumped into the newspaper business by co-founding an influential African-American paper named the Cleveland Call. 
Over the years, Morgan became a wealthy and well-respected pillar of his community. He even became the first black man in Cleveland to own a car. But driving the streets of an American city was no picnic in the early 1920s. In those early days of the automobile, cars had to share the same roads as pedestrians, bicycles, and horse-drawn carriages and wagons. This chaotic competition for right-of-way led to the creation of various traffic signaling devices, most of which weren't effective enough to consistently prevent accidents. The first electric traffic light was installed in Cleveland in 1914, just a few miles from Morgan's home. It featured four pairs of red and green lights, each mounted on a corner post at a busy intersection. These stop-and-go indicators were wired to a manually operated switch inside a control booth. One advantage to this system was that it made it impossible to send conflicting signals to drivers. However, it still had the same fatal flaw as earlier non-electric systems. The signals alternated from stop to go with no pause between them. This left drivers with no time to react when the signal changed. As a result, someone may have had the right of way when they entered an intersection, but if the signal changed before they had made it through, they might be hit by a driver who just got the green light. It was just such an accident that inspired Garrett Morgan to try his own hand at regulating traffic. One day, Morgan witnessed a terrible accident between a car and a horse-drawn carriage. The violent scene in which a little girl was thrown from the carriage prompted Morgan to devise a safer system. The design he came up with was a cross-shaped pole that featured three hand-cranked light-up commands, stop, go, and an unlabeled warning light. This unique third signal served as an all-directional stoplight. It halted traffic in all directions, giving cars enough time to exit the intersection and pedestrians enough time to safely cross the street. Morgan applied for a patent on February 27, 1922, and received it nine months later on November 20th. The timeline gets a little muddy after that, but it's believed that the inventors soon sold the rights to the General Electric Corporation for $40,000. From there, GE began installing three-light signals in cities across the country, presumably saving countless lives in the process. Versions of these manually operated traffic signals remained in use throughout North America, until they were finally replaced by the automatic signals we're familiar with today. Morgan's traffic light debuted at the peak of his career, but it was just one of many innovations he developed in his lifetime. Another of his notable inventions was a precursor to the modern gas mask, a life-saving safety hood that allowed the wearer to breathe fresh air through a tube. Morgan continued to find outlets for his creativity and love of problem-solving all the way up to his death in 1963, at the age of 86. If you'd like to see some of Morgan's handiwork for yourself, you can find the original wooden prototype of his traffic signal at Smithsonian's American History Museum, as well as a metal production model at Cleveland's Western Reserve Historical Society. And if you're interested in hearing more about the development of traffic signals and the inventors behind the various models, 
I recommend a 2019 episode of our sister podcast, Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's called The Rise of the Traffic Light, and Holly and Tracy do a great job charting the twists and turns in the invention's history. That's it for today's show. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second and you're into this kind of thing, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. Also, I'm taking a poll on how people interpret a yellow traffic light. Does it mean caution, prepare to stop, or hurry up, here comes red? You can send your answers to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.